Sophie Hardy and the Changeling Hybrid by M.R. Dale. Narrated by Leona Hall. Chapter 3. That Evening. Sophie fought the numbness for the rest of the day and when the class was sent home, she waited for Clara and Yasmin so that the trio could walk home together. They were the last out of the class as usual because Yasmin took forever to get her things together and by the time she had everything she needed, everyone else had left. They made their way out of the back of the classroom, round onto the playground and down the drive to the main exit without exchanging a word between them. As they exited the school gate, something caught Sophie's attention. It was a lady on the other side of the street with a green hood covering her face. She was just there staring at the three of them. Gradually, she raised her arm and pointed at them. Sophie could have sworn that the lady's arm flickered blue for a second, but she quickly dismissed it. The lady lowered her arm, but continued to stare at the three girls. The fuss about Sophie fainting when her implant was put in had died down almost completely. Some of the younger children at school still asked Sophie questions about it, and some of the local villagers still looked at her as if to say, you were famous, weren't you? But it was a lot less common than it had been. The world was of course still unaware that the implant worked and she got the odd stare but this was different. The woman simply didn't take her eyes off the three of them as they began the procession of walking home. Yasmin and Clara seemed completely unaware of her and it wasn't until Sophie tapped them both on the shoulder and spoke discreetly that the other two cottoned on. Another fan for you, Soph. It's been a while since we've seen one, Clara replied with an eye roll. Let's walk a bit quicker, Yasmin suggested. Sophie didn't argue with her and increased her pace. Turning around to see if she was still there, Sophie saw that the lady had stopped staring and was now walking away in the opposite direction. Weird. I thought you being famous was all done with, Clara said, now that she could see they were out of earshot of the woman. Hmm, replied Sophie, and she tried to put it to the back of her mind. Changing tact completely. Training tonight then, Yasmin asked more enthusiastically, remembering Sophie's message from earlier. Definitely, Sophie said. About seven? Then I can put Lizzie to bed and make tea. Why are you doing your own cooking? Yasmin asked. Mum hasn't been feeling up to it the last few days, so I've been helping her out. Lizzie has been up demanding bottles at about midnight every night just lately, Sophie replied. No training for me. I've got something on, Clara interjected, and she spoke like she didn't want the conversation to continue. Yeah, you said in your message earlier. What is it? Yasmin asked, intrigued. You've been acting odd lately. Just family stuff, Clara replied innocently, still desperately trying to bring the conversation to a conclusion. Anything I need to know? I am your cousin, and therefore family, Sophie asked, not wanting to get the hint that Clara was trying to make. Nothing you can help with. I need to do this with just me and my dads, Clara concluded, and she walked off slightly faster than the others so that neither of them could ask her any more. Sophie was a bit baffled. For years, she and Clara had shared everything. Secrets, friends, toys. It was most unusual for Clara to keep anything from her. But as Sophie had learned through the last 12 weeks, Clara did have secrets that Sophie knew nothing about, and it appeared that there were even more. Arriving at Clara's house, the girl said goodbye to her and arranged to meet up on a walk to school the following morning. In the six weeks following her rescue, Clara's house had been restored from the mess it had become after the time dilator incident, her dads had started to question whether they had gone to New York, as no photos or anything existed, but they had the memories of it. Sophie and Clara had laughed discreetly whenever they had tried to make the story fit. As a result of this, 
both of Clara's dads decided to go implant-free for a few weeks to make sure they weren't going completely crazy. To give themselves a rest, they said, as they would spend half-term, which was next week, with Clara and no implants, then put them back in. Sophie had admired them from afar and wished other adults would do the same, if only to see a little more of the world around them. Clara ran up the driveway and Sophie's uncle Matthew opened the door, gave Clara a huge hug and closed the door behind her, but not before he'd given Sophie and Yasmin a wave. After about ten more minutes, Sophie and Yasmin arrived at Sophie's flat. The pair gave each other a shrug, implying, see you later, and Sophie scurried off upstairs. Arriving at her front door on the twelfth floor, Sophie took off her bag and coat, flung them onto the bedroom and slouched down on the settee. Mum was lying on it, not doing a lot. She was zoned out while Lizzie was in her playpen in the corner. She had stood herself up as Sophie walked in. Sophie! Lizzie shouted, and she tried to walk to the edge of the playpen but fell over some of her toys on the way. Sophie smiled a huge smile and picked her sister up. Amelia zoned back in to see what her youngest daughter was shouting about. Glancing at her mum, Sophie could see that she didn't look great and her speech seemed a little slurred. Oh, it's you, Soph, Amelia shrugged, seemingly not overly pleased or excited to see her eldest daughter home from school. I wondered what she was shouting at. Good day at school. Was all right, Sophie mumbled. Not a lot happened. This was fast becoming her go-to answer to that question. No wonder Amelia seemed to be growing tired of hearing it. Never seems to, now that that Miss Sissons is gone, Amelia sighed. I wonder what happened to her. Sophie just smiled to herself at this and mouthed, I know, to Lizzie, who was now standing up on Sophie's knees, still shouting, Sophie, Sophie. Amelia was about to zone back out again when Sophie asked, Dad home yet? No, dear, he's working late at the factory tonight, so it's just the three of us. Amelia replied as she got herself comfortable again on the settee, now that she could see there was nothing interesting going on. Sophie silently mouthed the celebratory yes, which Lizzie laughed at. That meant Dad wouldn't be disturbing her during her training. While she used to love listening to her dad's stories, Sophie now wanted to be living them and not just hearing about them. She loved her dad enormously, but she would rather spend time with her friends at the minute because they were just having a more exciting time it wasn't anything personal. Are you okay to cook and put Lizzie to bed again? I've got something important on later and I'm trying to sort it, Amelia asked, only half looking at Sophie and all but zoned out already. Sophie smiled and nodded. While she did enjoy doing both those things, she couldn't help but wonder what exactly her mum was doing that meant she couldn't do them. Has Lizzie been fed? Sophie asked. No, would you mind, dear? Thanks. And at that, Amelia zoned back out again. Sophie took Lizzie to get her pyjamas on and then went to put tea on. Mum had never been a great cook, but it was something that Sophie was picking up quite quickly through reading recipe books. Once Lizzie was in her baby grow, Sophie took her back into the living room and played with her while Amelia stayed on the settee. About an hour later, Sophie put Lizzie back in her playpen and got the tea started. She then started to wonder again why Amelia couldn't do this. What was so important online that she couldn't prepare her own daughter's tea? Having cooked, served and devoured her tea at the speed of light in anticipation of another evening of battling mythicals, albeit still not the real ones Sophie was waiting for, Sophie picked up Lizzie and made for her bedroom. 
Thanks, Soph, Amelia shouted from the settee in the living room, still reluctant to get up from whatever it was she was doing. No worries, Mum. I'll tell her a good story as well, Sophie replied with an air of fake sincerity because she wanted nothing more than to be left alone. Thanks, dear. And then make sure you get your homework done. What's it you've got tonight? Research, Sophie inadvertently lied because she couldn't remember the real homework that she'd been set. Amelia finally looked up from her chair at her daughter. Research again? That's all you've had since that new teacher took over. I'd have thought in year six you would get more stuff than that. Something a bit more challenging. Sophie knew she shouldn't lie to her mum, but this was more important than school and Amelia was busy sorting out other things. The fate of the world could be on the line. Homework was easy. It paled into insignificance compared to the threats to life that Sophie would be facing. Anytime soon, the world is going to need me, she kept telling herself and she was now completely over the 19 out of 20 on her spellings and had just written it off as a blip. As Amelia once again went back to whatever it was she was doing, Sophie and Lizzie scurried off into Lizzie's bedroom. Placing her gently in her cot, Sophie reached over and took a random book off the shelf, just in case Mum walked in. She began to tell Lizzie about how boring school had been that day and how a strange lady was staring at Clara, Yasmin and her when they'd left school at the end of the day. I think I'm going to try and defeat an orc in scope tonight, she then said to her sister. Lizzie just smiled a tired smile, yawned and lay in the cot with her cuddly giraffe. They aren't very bright, but they're amazing with axes and other weapons. I'll need to make sure my combat training file is up to date, Sophie said excitedly. Miss Sissons had continued to upgrade their implants avatars throughout the last six weeks, installing apps such as cameras, enhanced split screen and a host of other accessories. The girls could simply sit in their bedrooms at home and get projected wherever it was they needed to be. Hard light had been a godsend as it allowed the girls to have these add-ons. Other people on the planet with implants could only see a projected image of what was there, not have a version of themselves appear in that place. If Sophie wanted to, she could sit there in Lizzie's bedroom, log into her implant and project her avatar into the kitchen and finish off the washing up and Amelia would be none the wiser. Sophie, Clara and Yasmin had thought about it for a while and decided that their avatars should always wear the same colour as the Pinkleton school uniform, lilac. It was a way of honouring the fact that the founding members of Scope had all come from the same school Black trousers were also chosen, but the school logo had been removed to avoid any mythicals recognising it and working out where they were from. They hadn't been a problem yet, though, as the only place the girls had projected themselves was into the Scope HQ. Yasmin had suggested that the three of them could actually stay off school for the day and simply project themselves there and nobody would notice. Miss Sissons, however had quickly dismissed this idea as irresponsible and the girls agreed that it should only be done in an emergency. Noticing that Lizzie had dropped off, Sophie kissed her baby sister and pulled the bedroom door so it was almost closed, having flicked on her nightlight before she left. She then stuck her head around the living room door to say to her mum that she was off to do her homework, but she need not have bothered because Amelia was still zoned out, completely oblivious to everything around her. Excitement fizzed through Sophie's body. School was over and playtime could begin. As Sophie went to lie down on her bed and zone out, she caught sight of the actual homework that she had to do, a reading comprehension, again. I can do it before school in the morning, she said quietly to herself. I know I can read and it isn't like I'm not going to do it. 
and with that thought of self-reassurance, Sophie put her pyjamas on, lay down on her bed and zoned out. The Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels or if you would like to purchase a hard copy of the book, then be sure to check out www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy. Thank you.